This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, Bellator Society. This is Tracy Eddy, and I have Fran Yeager in Nashville, Tennessee. And today we have a special guest joining us, Father Leo Padalinghug. He's a Catholic priest, a TV and radio host, a best-selling author, a formal martial arts instructor, which I did not really know that, an award-winning break dancer, and... <laughs> choreographer and also he's a professional chef he won the food network's throwdown with bobby flay in competition in season seven uh episode one and he has a website called plating grace he has a podcast podcast called shoot the shiitake and he is a blast <laughs> to follow on instagram and twitter good morning father you're you're amazing <laughs> uh, i don't know about that but uh thank god for coffee Amen. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We are just so honored. So, Father, I have a quick question. Is there anything that you don't do? That's actually a serious question. Like, there's so much stuff. Is there anything that you're like, man, I wish I could do that. I just can't do that. Oh, my gosh. Play basketball. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm too short. (laughs) Well, martial arts is pretty, pretty impressive there. Yes. Yes, Great dancing. I mean, I, so I, I did all athletic. of those things because I was just a product. I was a product of, of you know, I'm, I was born in the 1970s, and I'm a product of the 80s. And Ninja Turtles were a big thing. Bruce Lee was a big thing. So guess what? I did it. And then breakdancing came out in the late, in the early 80s. And, and I jumped into it because it was cool. And so awesome. all of these things are just a product of me being part of a world that, still at that time had positive and somewhat healthy kind of um, lifestyles, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, like breakdancing was to help gangs not kill each other. And the martial arts was a form of a discipline. And I wanted to so badly talk with my mouth moving one way and why it's going the other. I really <laughs> wanted that to happen, you know? <laughs> Just awesome. wished it was real life. Father, you you would not know this, but I have been social distancing from you for some time, actually. Um, we, <laughs> it started probably 10 years ago. You did a mission at um, Our Lady of Holy Souls in Little Rock, Arkansas. And my family was the family of boys, like on the second or third pew squirming. And you did like a little martial arts thing and my boys were jazzed like they thought you were amazing and then we Uh saw you I guess about five years ago at um the world meeting of families in Philly and we were in a corridor and I think I was nursing a baby and you were standing like maybe five or six feet away again good social distancing um maybe on the phone or something and my boys were like that's father Leo (gasps) can we talk to him I was like no do not go up to this (laughs) give the man a space so it is so good to talk to you finally. Oh, Absolutely. It's, it's my pleasure. Thanks a lot. So we first saw, um, well, we obviously we have been following Father Leo for a long time because you're you're a pretty big deal. And um, I think I, I have your I'm book only 5'5", five, five, just so you know. It's not big. <laughs> I'm, I'm like 5'5". Five, 
I fit incredibly comfortably in coach class. Thank you, Jesus, because I'm always on a plane. So you do. You um, travel. No, but I, I, again, I, I do. I travel a lot. And I, what I appreciate with what you all are trying to do, and I'm just going to say it out now, is that what I'm trying to do is affect people's lifestyle. There's so much stuff out there that I kind of like is very heady. And I love that stuff too. I'm an academic at heart. I like to read. I like to study. But when it comes down to it, how do you kind of just live like a normal Catholic person in the midst of the world? That letter to Diognetus early in the early centuries talks about how you can't tell who a Christian is. But if you pay attention, you'll know little signs, you know, Mm. little things about them. They're going to be living a good, happy, joyful, pure life. And that's really missing is we can get all the education, but if it doesn't turn into like a practical living, then you really don't know Christ. Amen. Absolutely. And I think there's a there's a um, sweet spot or maybe it's not such a sweet spot of people who are trying to live the Catholic lifestyle who either feel like they're too Catholic for the world or they're not Catholic enough. And those are the people that we are trying to like appeal to. And I think those are the people that you appeal to as well, because just as you said, I mean, you can hang with the academics. I mean, I've heard you preach. I know that you know yourself. You're a Mariologist, for heaven's sakes. Like you, you know what you're talking about, but you also know how to communicate with those people who are kind of in the middle, trying to live Catholicism well, but also wanting to live, you know, like a regular human being as well. Well, I think it's because I'm still very rooted in my own family. You know, I don't have a wife. I don't have kids. I, I, I'm confident. I have no wife. I have no children. But <laughs> Thank I you have for confirming our suspicions. <laughs> yes, I have a spouse. It's called the church. And I have a family called our yeah. spiritual family. But I also have my own family. And my whole family... I mean, if you meet them, we are so broken, but we are still such a Catholic faithful family. Right. We've got yeah. it all from every form of dysfunction. My dad says, my family puts the word fun in dysfunction. <laughs> that is us. That is who we are. And so we've got it all. But the one thing that we have above all is faithfulness, which does not mean perfection. It means when you screw up, because you will, you get up and you try again. That's why mm. we have confession as a sign of faith. I always tell people, you want to find the most faithful people? They're in the confessional, saying the same things over and over and over again. They're annoyed, but they're actually the holy ones. Yes. So you're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Well, you were saying how you travel a lot, and so we saw you. I know we we briefly talked about this, but I I just want to share a neat story that my dad was telling me this morning. you, we saw you on the hill of at the hill of crosses in Lithuania doing a live stream, and um, mm. on Facebook, and I was like, Fran, Father Leo is in Lithuania. I'm, I remember my dad going here, so his family escaped Lithuania in um, the 40s, oh. and oh, my, my my grandfather was the equivalent of a Supreme Court justice there, and they were Catholic, so they were on like a list, oh, my. and they were on their way to Siberia. They were had been captured and and going to a kind of a con like a work camp and the train broke down. And so they escaped and ended up getting to Germany and then Chicago and then hot Springs, Arkansas. Um, and then my dad met my mom who is as American as apple pie. Um, so we have a very Eastern with Eastern European, um, family and then a very, you know, Arkansas side on my mom's <laughs> side. But I say all that to say they had never gone back to Lithuania until it was freed. And um, so in the 90s, when it when it was freed, they went there were seven children and they took my grandmother back. And um, 
they did go to the Hill of Crosses and they went at the same time that Pope John Paul II was going to mm. be there. And Dad said, just like your video, it was rainy and windy and mushy, and but it oh, was still gross. really, really cool. He it's said, beautiful. the helicopter comes in, <laughs> the rain stops, the sun comes out. He said it was almost like just a little miracle of, you know, having the Pope there. But he said they planted their own cross. And so, you know, it was just so cool to see you there because I remember hearing how special that place was for him. Yeah, no, that didn't happen for me. The wind actually picked <laughs> up. The water got colder. Literally, water <laughs> literally piercing my eyeball is not a fun feeling. And then on top of that, the stupid wind kept blowing my hair straight up, seeing just how high my hairline has gotten. Damn it, that wind. But it was exactly what I needed to see. It was exactly what I needed to experience because communism is nothing but cold and yes. frustrating yeah. and irritating. And we're fighting that today mm -hmm. simply because people don't know that communism starts with socialism. Yes. They don't get it. Yep. They don't understand that those isms really become a form of religion. Mm -hmm. And when I went there, now when your grandfather went, the Hill of Crosses was not as neat as it was for me today because the Franciscans moved in and, and basically made a nice path and made like, basically <laughs> it's like, you know, Hill of Cross Disney World version, you know? <laughs> right. And so very beautiful. But back in the day, it was like they were just jamming crosses yeah. in there and running for dear life. And then the communists would try to take it all down. Middle of the night, these awesome Lithuanians, and they are hardy people. They are very hearty people. They, hearty they would people. be like, screw you. I'm putting my cross up as a sign of my faith, as a sign of protest, and a sign of my freedom in Christ. And it would just grow and grow and grow to the point where like, the communists would play really obnoxious band practice music while they were trying to pray there. It was, mm. it was exactly what's happening now. It's like whoever can scream louder is going to win. That's what we're going through in the world right now. And that's why Christianity knows how to do two things. We know how to proclaim from the rooftops, but we also know how to let God speak to us in silence. Mm. And that will be the sign of contradiction for this world that is literally becoming so confused because they want everything to be done for them. They don't have to do things for themselves anymore. They want the government to make us all equal. We are not all equal, except for indignity in God's eyes. I mean, look, I know when I went to Lithuania, I felt exactly like a Lithuanian. Even all of them were so tall and blonde <laughs> and good looking. They made me sick. But we were different. But we were equal, and I can respect the differences. And that's what a lot of people don't get. So I'm sorry. I just kind of jumped off on that. But I love the Hill of Cross. I want to go back to Lithuania at some point um, because, I don't know, like I said, I felt very much at home there. They were just taller and whiter. <laughs> What's the vibe of the they church are. there? Very bossy. <laughs> the, they, they are, um, I would say, very reserved. They are very reserved people because it's part of their culture not to be that kind of gregarious because in the communist and the socialist world, if you grow too tall, they will cut you down. So you're not supposed to really laugh out loud. You're not supposed to, you know, you, you barely look at people in the eyes there. So it was very strange because they, the bishops, this is the unique part, the bishops of Lithuania specifically invited me to come to Lithuania for several reasons. 
One was to evangelize, to talk about the family meals, to be a, a, a Christian theologian for them. But they also said this. They said, we want you to make us laugh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, okay, knock, knock. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know what to do. I, they wanted That's a tall to order, make actually. them laugh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm only 5'5". Five, five. Dang it, these people, what do they want from me? But that's exactly what they said. They want you to give us joy. Yeah. And for like the first 15 minutes of my presentation, people wanted to laugh, but they felt They're like scared. they couldn't exactly until I, I literally brought out their their hard liquor and I put it down in front of them and they were like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, the elixir. It always works. <laughs> yep. Hold on a second. I'm so sorry about that. Someone no. just tried to call me and so I declined them. <laughs> you are Thank declined. You. Thank you for declining for us, Father. Are. So Father, we um fast forward many years from from the nineties. Um and I'm married and my husband and I are starting our family and we adopted our children from Eastern Europe. So we went to Latvia, which is kind of the neighbor, you know, oh, Lithuanian yeah. neighbor. And just just as you're saying, we go there. So you have three trips when you adopt from Eastern Europe. For, well, from Latvia. And um and we knew our daughters. We had hosted them on kind of a an exchange program. And so, you know, we were all, already very comfortable with our kiddos. Um, but when we went, we're still Americans. And I'm still from the South. I mean, it is what it is. And I, even though I know the culture, like, I'm going to smile at everyone. I'm going to probably not be in all black at all times. You know, it was winter and I'm like in a royal blue coat, you know, like, hey. And they were like, okay, y'all got to stop like looking at people. <laughs> Waving at the streets, they're like, "Girl, you just beat up." <laughs> We're not going to give you our children if you smile too much. I know you're crazy. <laughs> but we would go to the store, and they would just be like, "Please, just like you know, you don't have to say." Because we would say like, "Thank you" to the cashier, and she would kind of look at us like, "I'm doing my," you know. Our kids said they're doing yeah. their job. They don't need to yeah. be thanked. They're getting paid. It's not, but it's just such That's a different. So culture. true. Now, mm-hmm. now, let me just bring up some theology. That's exactly what communism wants to do. They don't want us to experience joy. They don't want to experience good service. They don't want us to experience gratitude. And the way they did is by trying to destroy the churches because the Eucharist, a Greek word that simply means thank you, is the heart and soul of who we are as Catholics. And so that very expression, don't say thank you. There's no need to say thank you to them because they don't want you to live a Eucharistic life. It's right. really some powerful stuff we're talking about. And it's because politics has become religion. You can see the flip happening too. Religion has becoming very political. Mm-hmm. And what we've got to do is just cut that shiitake out completely <laughs> yes. and focus on the cross of Jesus Christ. And for that cross, you can say, thank you, Lord. Bless you, God, for giving us your son and give us your grace. But above all, thank you for dying for our sins. And so I loved those comparisons. And I'd never actually presented at a, at a truly Eastern Bloc, you know, Iron Curtain country before. Right. I had been to other countries. You know, I travel so much, but never asked to present there by the bishops of all yeah. people. And then when there was this massive crowd, again, trying to make them laugh, they had never seen people want to stay so long just to greet you, just to, yeah. you know, say hello. 
you know, and they were getting nervous because the crowd was there longer than it was supposed to be. And I'm like, screw <laughs> this, you know, because I, I know how to say thank you. And here's how you say it. You say, achu. That's how you say thank you. It's like, achu, which to me should be like, God bless you, you know? But it's like, achu. And the amount of achus that I gave, that were given to me, was just heartwarming. I mean, literally, grandparents with children and teenagers just coming up and giving me like group hugs. And I'm thinking, oh my God, what are you people, Filipino? I mean, leave me alone. So affectionate at the end of the presentation. But before that, you can feel that communist coldness. You really could. But anyway, I'm so sorry. I keep diverging back to that fantastic experience. No, I love that divergence because what you're also describing, uh, j- I mean, just prior was the, this, this, this rearing of another ugly ism, the, the, the ism of util- utilitarianism, where the human person is just reduced to utility. And why would you thank a tool? You know, why do, I don't thank my my dishwasher or my washing machine or whatever tool I have, but I thank a person. And I think that that's something mm. that that communism and, and even socialism. I mean, we, we have this push towards socialism politically in our country right now, and people are not seeing the trajectory of this utilitarianism that will ultimately be our end if we embrace, you know, all of those little nuances that it entails. And so I really I really love that you dealt with that seriously just now and helping us. Well, it's kind of realize God's heart for delight in his people. Yeah, it's because people literally uh, are acting like tools, to be honest yeah. with you. I mean, they just, they yeah. act like a tool. You know, yeah. Yeah. They, don't, they don't act like a servant. They don't act like servants anymore. They act like people yeah. who are entitled to whatever they want. And that's the struggle. You know, so Christianity comes, changes everyone's ethos, their way of thinking, their modus operandi. They are changing all of the way they think and reversing everything from, you know, religious people being up here to now religious people being down here with us. They're no longer to be served, but they are to be servants. You're not supposed to give an eye for an eye, tooth for the tooth, but you're supposed to give forgiveness 70 times, seven times. That's Jesus Christ. And whether you're Christian or not, I frankly don't care. But you got to take Jesus seriously. And his lifestyle is the only lifestyle worth following that's going to bring peace to the world. Oh, my God. I'm starting to look like Bernie Sanders right oh now. My <laughs> oh, my God. So many hand motions. <laughs> so I want, to, I want to focus in on something that you just said, um, the idea of service and having a servant heart, because I think that that is something that's so beautiful about your ministry and what you were trying to do, especially with your with your podcast this season specifically. Um, and and I have to say, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in and say that I, you know, I listened to both of your episodes with Father James Martin, and I feel like you were doing such a service to the church in, in speaking with him and having discourse that was civil and kind and generous and that's what we need to learn how to do and i feel like you served us those of us who listen to it and showing how you can be kind to people with whom you disagree and i presume i think i got the vibe that you may have disagreed with father martin on on a few things but it was but it was so beautifully handled and it never seemed tense it never seemed ugly and we need more of that in the world so first of all thank you for that service um and welcome us how to have a discussion uh that was you know again just civil and kind and and but also dealing with some pretty pretty difficult things how was that oh yeah how did you how did you go into that 
Well, I, I talk to people who are different from me in my podcast. And that's pretty much like 99.9% of the people in the world. At one point, I used to talk to people outside the church. But now I realize there's a lot of difference in the church. And so one of the things I'm grateful you picked it up on is that I'm trying to serve the church and beyond the church. And Father James Martin is an incredibly talented man, and he's a good man. He has some approaches to pastoral theology that Mm. really ruffle people's feathers. And I understand it because it makes me uncomfortable at times. And look, I have homosexuals in my family life. I get it. I mean, they're just there. There are those issues. But what he's done is he's just trying to give us a way to build bridges. And it doesn't have to be with another gay person or a lesbian woman. It could be with just someone you disagree with politically. He was just trying to outline how do you build bridges. So I read the book and I was waiting to get angry, but I wasn't (laughs) angry. I mean, I was like, oh, 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 okay. Granted, he's pricking my conscience and he's challenging my attitudes and he's trying to expand my heart so that I can love people who are very different from my experiences. But that's not a bad thing. And so one of the first questions that I asked Father Martin was, are you a good Jesuit? And and that was might have been shocking for a lot of people. But to be honest with you, that's what Jesuits do. They have always challenged the status quo. In fact, the whole society of Jesus Jesus himself challenged the status quo. I mean, at one point, people said the same thing about Jesus as they said about Jim Martin. And, you know, at the end of the day, it's really going to be measured by one thing. How do you love people? Mm-hmm. And that's been my ultimate question right now. Like, how do we love people who annoy the living heaven <laughs> out of me? Literally, mm-hmm. how do I love them? And, and I have to try to find ways to do that. And one of the ways with the podcast and the podcast is called shoot the shiitake is just listening to them, just listening to people. And that's what this whole podcast was about. And I'll be honest with you. I have learned a lot. I mean, I so totally love the microphone. I'm Filipino. Karaoke is my jam. Okay. (laughs) I mean, that's just who I am. That's what I do. And so for me, just to shut the faith up is what I always say. Shut the faith up and listen to people. That is a start to loving people. Yeah. And it sounds like it was a sacrifice, too. (laughs) It it really was. I mean, because I wanted to jump in there and say, you know, I disagree with you. You know, and I but I I wanted to do that a few times. um, But I just know that that's not what listening's about. Well, that's That's not what not what it's about. Yeah, love is about sacrifice. And when we sacrifice our opinions, because we will never get to express our opinions in their fullness if we do not have access to people's hearts. And we gain yeah. that access through through the soft entry of just kind discourse, you know, just shooting the shiitake. Like, that's how yeah. you're going to get to someone's heart. It's not going to be living in your little Catholic bubble where everybody is like you and it's nice to be nice to people like us. And it's not going to be, you know, on the other side, like, oh, my goodness, you are you are the devil. It's going to be like, you're in my circle. So we're going to have a conversation inside the circle that we're both in. And that sometimes you know, it's means, means widening the circle. Yeah. So it was when I went and visited him, he was just really gracious. He toured me around like I was a thing to be understood and known. And, and people kind of recognized who I was. And they had a podcast group there. And, 
And I wanted to, you know, like engage that podcast community. So they followed me on Twitter. I followed them on Twitter. And they clearly did not agree with my approach to policies, especially mm -hmm. when it came to immigration versus illegal immigration. And the mm -hmm. fact is, I'm an immigrant. We came to America through a visa program, and we waited over 10 years to become citizens of the United States here wow. legally on a permanent resident visa. Mm -hmm. But so I know what it's like to be an immigrant. But anyway, I got into a little Twitter spat with one of the people who did the podcast for the American magazine. Mm -hmm. And I said, how about if we have a conversation about it on my podcast? I would love to have a conversation with you. You know what he did? He blocked me. And so I just <gasps> no! thought to myself, oh, oh yeah, I get blocked by a lot of people. <laughs> you know? It's so like, Yeah, no, but, but that's the kind of what I call hypocritical quality in everyone. Mm -hmm. You know, I have not blocked more than 12 people on all of Twitter. With, I mean, I don't have a lot. I've got like 20-something thousand people following. But I have only blocked like maybe less than a dozen. And it's because they were just vile. They yeah. were just truly gross. You know? Mm -hmm. And so, anyway, the discourse leads to discussion. And that discussion leads to conversation. And conversation leads to conversion. That's Absolutely. been a big motto of mine. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. Okay, so I want to jump to another conversation that you had, uh, not super recently, it was in your last season, and I know that you are in a in a season now of rebranding, but it was your discussion with uh, Lena Rooley. <laughs> Catholic oh, God. yeah. It was a good one. It was a good one. Uh, but um, you said, or Lena said, I can't remember which one, that Catholic media sucks. Father, yep. could you please elaborate? <laughs> so... We sort of agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So that wasn't my title. That was his title. And so I respect people enough that I'm going to let them have their words. So I think that Catholic media is not quality media. Okay. It's not. It, it, it has a very specific job. When Mother Angelica created EWTN, and, and all props to her, I firmly believe she ought to be beatified for the work that she did to promote Catholic media. No doubt about it. But Mother Angelica had a very specific mission. She said, I am not here to broadcast. I am here to narrowcast. I want to talk just to Catholics right now. And in so doing, then guess what? You don't need to have the glitz, the glamour, the lights, and the action, and all of the ticker tapes below you running through and the awesome music. Yes. It's just what you do. But her narrowcast is exactly what the church needs. But the church also needs broadcasting, reaching out to distant things. And what is required for that? Well, number one, talent. That will certainly help <laughs> and go a long way. Two, technical abilities. Three, a message and an ability to deliver it on point. And four, yeah. dynamism. And five, money, people. It needs yeah. money because <laughs> yeah. you can't buy all of these things and think that you're going to produce something good. The show that I did with Bobby Flay when I beat him, season seven, episode one, <laughs> available Yay. at PlaningGrace.com slash watch, <laughs> cost about $100,000 to yeah. film one episode for a half hour show. Yeah. And the millions people of people that. watched. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Money. We need money. And therefore, I firmly believe Catholic media needs to accept advertisements. Mm. That's mm. it. How because do we that's discern that, though? That, that's my question. I mean, that, that's actually really what? good. People, 
if well, people do you want just... to give us money, and <laughs> even money? if I disagree with them, I will take their money and I will turn it into a message. Oh, you better believe it. I will take, look, if Planned Parenthood wants to support Shoot the Shiitake, yeah. I will have a discussion with Planned Parenthood. I will take their money and I will raise money with a dang good show for pro-life clinics. That's what okay. I'll do. Okay. I love it. I love that. I love that perspective. I think that's fresh. I really do like that. So in your season now of rebranding your own podcast and your own uh plating grace and all and, and just your, the, who you are what are you trying to do differently to appeal to this demographic what are you trying to do differently than that, that than you did before so work on the brand is really mm -hmm. the clear issue so at one point we were called grace before meals mm -hmm. very cute very sweet very kind of easy to remember but people just thought that i'm here to tell people to pray before they eat and, yeah. you know, and that's what it is. Grace before meals is pray before you eat. But that's not who I was. That's not what what we did. And so people, mm -hmm. first of all, didn't know what the name of my organization was. They'd be like, oh, you're the pray before you eat guy. I mean, like, <laughs> oh, you're the the grace, the grace meal planning man. And they didn't even know my name. They honestly, they would just go, oh, you're the cooking priest, which I freaking hate. I hate that title. Do you hate cooking that? Priest. I do. I kind of hate it. But I get it. So I said, well, let me just elevate it. I will no longer be on social media, the cooking priest. I'm going to be Father Leo yeah. who feeds people. So my social media is now Father Leo feeds. Very specific. So guess what? Now people know who I am and what I do. And the mm -hmm. parent organization is called Plating Grace because the word plating literally means presentation. It means how are you putting the food on the plate so that people will take an Instagram picture of it. And as soon as you eat it, they'll be like, oh, that was like a foodasm. You know, like they are eating with their eyes more than anything else. And so what I'm trying to do is take grace and make it plateable, presentable, Instagrammable, and even more importantly, digestible. So I'm just plating God's grace. And, and that became our thing. So mm -hmm. I'm not doing anything different. I'm just helping other people to be more focused in who I am and what I do. So in your first episode of this season of um, Shoot the Shiitake, you said, and I quote, um, everybody has a podcast and I don't think everyone should have a podcast. And that hurt. It really, it really hurt. It hurt really badly, deeply in my soul. But I also understood <laughs> it. I did actually also understand it because there's so much content out there and it's hard to distill it. It's hard to sift through it to figure out what is feeding me, what is actually feeding my soul and what is just for, you know, for kicks or it's. Or, or it's actually not good for me. It's just junk food, basically. And and so how do we, how do we make those those decisions about what we are consuming in the media? How what how would you how would you recommend people go about deciding? Well, what podcast am I going to listen to? What book am I going to read? So good. I'm glad that it hurt a little bit. And the reason <laughs> is because it makes you think. Why do I have a podcast? Yes. Am I using it just for my voice or am I using it for the church's voice? And what voice am I giving the church? I mean, if you sound like this, please don't have a podcast. You know, I mean, if all you're going to do is just get angry at people because they don't wear the mantilla, the, the little altar veil, yeah. please don't have a podcast. If you're going to yell at people just because, you know, we don't speak Latin or we only speak Latin, please don't have a podcast. So I'm glad that that pricked your conscience. Not everyone should have a podcast. You got to have a message. Now to the other side, 
the consumers of the podcast yes. because you can't stop a voice from being recorded and listened to. Right. I say to you, take the principles of a healthy diet and apply it to your listening of podcasts. Am I listening to only sweet saccharine things of like, you know, like prayers all day? Well, then guess what? You might need a little bit of bitter herbs of truth. Namely, you might be hiding behind prayer. You might be hiding behind faith. Just cut it out. Do I need a little sour and salty with people like me saying, shoot the shiitake? Can't tell you how many people literally emailed me, Facebook messaged me, tweeted me and said, I am unfollowing you for being such a disgraceful priest because of my tongue-in-cheek title of wow. shoot the shiitake. Yeah, so, it's very offensive. Like, it's true. They, <laughs> mushrooms. Can't, yeah. mushrooms. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I mean, you do know where mushrooms grow, right? Exactly. But the idea that people will only listen to what they want is the yeah. struggle. And so I say, be as balanced as you are with your diet in order to be healthy as what you would balance when you're listening as you feed your mind in order to be healthy. And so guess what? I don't listen to any podcasts, <laughs> not even my own. <laughs> Oh, I, I mean, Brian doesn't either. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, and, and it's because, first of all, there's so much. And what I do listen to right now is just music that kind of feeds my soul or music that makes me want to dance or music that makes me want to jam out and exercise, which is rare. But I mean, <laughs> the idea of just I'm trying to listen to things that feed my mind. And eventually, eventually, I will look into these podcasts that are going to be helpful and will feed me in a healthy way. You avoided my hard-hitting question, Father. Do you oh, wash mushrooms? Do you wash well, mushrooms? I wash mushrooms. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, yeah, heck yeah. I mean, if they're dirty, you better believe I wash them. I just make sure that they're dry when I yeah. cook them. Yes. Because if not, then they're just going to be blistered. Like yeah. nobody, except for the Food Network, has the time to brush away <laughs> a little bit of the dirt on them. That's what I mean. No saying. normal yeah. person. So I just put it all in a strainer. I give it a good hefty wash and a shake. Yeah. I lay it out on a paper towel or a blanket, and then I just let it dry. And that gives me clean mushrooms knowing that moss or basically, you know, poop aren't on my <laughs> mushrooms. So, so okay. there Thank you have you. it. How long does it take <laughs> your mushrooms to dry? Because that could take a while. It Not at all. I mean, they probably absorb yeah, no, all that water. Everyone says that, but they absorb water not from the top. In fact, the top is a very kind of slick and slippery, which is a sign of, you know, depending on the mushroom, to be a good, healthy mushroom. I mean, that's why the Smurfs live in them, because they're very dry, okay? So the top of the Super mushroom protective. is perfectly fine. It's the that bottom of the mushroom that has, yeah, it's the bottom of the mushrooms that have the, the ability Bungie. to take in the water. And if you're just kind of shaking it all out and, you know, you just let it dry, it takes, what, five minutes to yeah. dry out completely. And literally by the time you, you know, cut it and just lay it out flat, it dries even more quickly. So, yeah. but I mean, it's mushrooms okay. for God's sake. It's not like a diamond or anything <laughs> like that. It just takes so, years to produce. So now <laughs> it's not, a mushroom. Right time for me to tell you that I do that <laughs> with a damp paper towel. Cause I always thought I kind of with like, mushrooms. With, yeah, with wet. Because you saw Rachel Ray do it. And I'm like, I want to be Rachel Ray. <laughs> <laughs> No, oh, I mean, it's like, you can just wash them. Okay. Oh. I'll All right. Well, we're, coming up, 
We're coming up on time, and uh, Father, we end all of our podcasts with last little bits because Tracy and I are friends in real life and have been friends for a very long time, and we cannot finish a conversation. We're also Southern. You you may have noticed that in our voices. Um, Bless her heart. I know, I know. And we can never stop talking. And so we always have to be like, okay, this is the last little bit. This is the last thing I have to tell you. And then we'll text each other all day long. Like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot to tell you this one thing. <laughs> so um, we, so Tracy and I have our last little bit. And we would love to invite you, if you have something that's on your mind, on your heart, or just like something that you would like to tell the world. On, We're actually recording on the, the solemnity of the Annunciation, the Feast of the Incarnation. So you might yep. have something from your um, beautiful homily that you gave this morning that you may like to share. Think about that as we're sharing our last little bits. But I do want to say that you did a fantastic ninja job of your treatment of both the pro-life ethic of the Catholic Church and spousal fecundity, um, weaving that into your your homily today on the Feast of the Annunciation. And as a natural family planning teacher, thank you for that. We, we have so few priests who are willing and able, and by that I mean capable, of, of articulating the truth of what our church teaches in a way that is um, acceptable to, to the ears and to the heart, and you did that very well. So maybe that's my last little bit. No, it's not. It's not my last little bit. My last little bit is going to be a question. Um, what is your favorite, like, Costco or Sam's or grocery store cheat? And this is for both of you, actually. Like, what's the thing that you go to the grocery store and you're like, okay, this is just going to make my life easier. I know it's not necessarily the best. I could probably do it better, but I'm just going to go. And I'll say what mine is. Mine's mine's the chicken salad. I will add walnuts and grapes to it and and put some, you know, salt and pepper in it. But, like, I don't have to make a chicken salad, and it's actually pretty good. Okay, so mine would be two things. One peeled garlic and peeled shallots that are already in containers and you get that at restaurant depots. But yeah. then I love to take roast chicken and just kind of make my own food with it and then take that bone and then just drop it in and make more broth so that I can totally. make a chicken soup. So, so those roasted chickens are pretty darn helpful. They're the best. Rotisserie chickens are the best. Who has I the rotisserie in their oven? Who has the rotisserie in their oven? Nobody does. I was going to say the rotisserie chicken. So I'm glad we're, we're I'm, I'm glad we're seeing eye to eye, Father. Um, right, and totally I also, vibing here. <laughs> we're totally vibing. And I actually do have a huge one of those, like, I always get excited. I never use them all. But when I see, like, a three-pound bag of peeled garlic, I'm like, yes. And then I get it home, and I'm like, I need to make something with garlic. garlic. So what you want to do is just take it and add some olive oil to it and blend it all up and then seal it. And that'll actually help you to just scoop it out and drop it into your food. Damn. So I'm doing that. So today. life changer. And so yeah. just take make sure that it's got oil at the top so that that oil soaks in. And so mm-hmm. guess what? You now have flavored oil and you just drop it into your pan to do whatever you need, but just blend it all up. So even if you have a lot more garlic, a little behind the ears works miracles <laughs> for everybody too. So Yeah. On the breath, on the it's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I was I'm an 80s kid. Today. I know this stuff. <laughs> Love it. Trade yeah, yeah, so. a bit. No, I'm, I usually come pretty prepared, and for some reason I didn't come prepared. But I will say the whole um, – we're not homeschooling because I know that homeschooling parents are taking a little offense to that because 
I'm not coming up with a lesson plan. My kids are home. They're getting their lesson plan from their teacher. But the whole schooling at home um, has me a little a little um, on my toes these days. But I am excited that so many priests, such as yourself, are now putting so much content on Facebook. So yeah. we're seeing, I mean, every, my feed is full of like masks, masses, um, <laughs> adoration, you know, you name it, live rosaries. Uh, my daughter is, I've had to wake her up before I, we started this because we're in Arizona. So I'm a little bit um, earlier than y'all. Um, and so I had to wake her up because on Wednesdays, normally their pair their school goes to mass um, every Wednesday morning. And so last week we didn't do that. I think they were just trying to figure out how to like get assignments, you know, sent home. So this week they're like, we're going to start doing more kind of interactive live kind of type sessions with the students. And so they wanted all the kids to join in with them for mass and father Klein, our parish priest is going to give him a special message. So I'm excited to see what he has to say to the kids. Um, but I've just been so impressed how the, the Catholic community has just come together and, um, really formed a community. I think when you're, I think if there's any blessing in this whole quarantine, um, it is to learn how to be a better community even though we're not physically with our, our parish family. So that's sure. been really, really exciting for me. Um, Social distancing is really an opportunity for spiritual closeness. That's right. really what it is. That's right. beautiful. That's the the drive-through confessions. I mean, the creativity. <laughs> like, who knew we had so much creativity? It's been, it's been pretty fun to see all the, you know, especially in Phoenix, there's so many like you might go to the school, but you're, you're part of this diocese or, you know, that diocese. And so to see like the kids, mom say, Oh, our parish is doing drive through confession, you know, till noon today. And then the next day, somebody else will post about what their parish is doing. So there's like gobs of opportunity to really like become closer to your, to your Catholic family. So it's been pretty fun. If, if I can say fun and coronavirus and same sentence. <laughs> you can. As a homeschool mom, Tracy, I just want to say that I do not resent you saying that you're homeschooling at all. We are all in this together. This is this is definitely something that we're all doing differently. So um, I think you're doing a beautiful job. Thank you. And I think it's more the the teachers and principals are like, wait, wait, you're not homeschooling. <laughs> we're doing the lesson plans. Exactly. That is true. That is just home. Father <laughs> Leah, do you have any last little bit to share with us today? I think the only tidbit is just to keep it going. You know, when faith hits culture, there's always confusion on how to do it because cultures are so divergent these days. There's just a multi, there's a pluriformity of beliefs. And I think what we've got to do is strengthen what we believe so that when we enter into the culture, we can become bridge builders for other people. Just last night, I had done another episode with just a millennial dude who is just dealing with Corona and then also talking about what he learned from his past girlfriend, what he's trying to learn with his current girlfriend. It's going to be pretty intense conversation because we talk about the S word. <gasps> the S word. Shut Sacrifice. up. Sacrifice. Shoot the oh. <laughs> So that's going to be coming out soon. <laughs> Love it. Thank you. Yeah, and I, I, I think, and, and I think for just all of you yeah. people, just if they want to, if your listeners want to learn more, just go to platinggrace.com. Father Leo Feeds is the social media and Shoot the Shiitake, Savoring Our Faith. Just Google priest yes. and cooks. You'll find me. <laughs> and it'll <laughs> be in all our you. show notes. It sure. will. It will indeed. Thank you, Father. Thanks, this is great. Thank you. 
so My fun. My pleasure. God bless you all. Thank you, Have Father. Bye, y'all. Bye. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true good and